Rick Stevens, financial advisor with FRS Financial Group, securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. For more detailed information regarding any of the topics discussed on today's show, please call 719-500-8700. This is Money Matters, presented by FRS Financial. Here's your host, Rick Stevens. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of Money Matters, presented by FRS Financial Group. I am your host, Rick Stevens, and this is your show. Remember, if you've got questions you would like to have answered, if you've got a topic that you would like to hear us talk about on a future Money Matters episode, feel free to give me a call at 719-500-8700. Shoot me an email, rstevens at frsfinancialgroup.com, or you can simply go to our website, frsfinancialgroup.com, Click on that contact tab in the top right corner. Send us that question. Send us that topic. We would love to hear from you. Well, folks, this week uh, we are in studio, as always, with Andrew Rogers. Andrew, it's chilly today. It is. It seems to be kind of that weekly trend. It It, it is. The good news, though, the, the good news I see is that by the time we're on air, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be pretty warm out. Yeah. And then by the time we record next week, it'll probably dip back down yeah, once again. Of course, of course, of course. I mean, it's March. What else yeah. are we looking for? Absolutely, it's gonna be gonna be normal, folks. With us in studio this week, Doug Gooden, his uh, son Gabe. We are talking about teaching kids about finances. Goodens, welcome in. Hey, Rick. Hi, Andrew. Good to have you. Thank you. you. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank, ah, thank you guys. Uh, as always, before we get started, I've got to throw out that uh, official disclaimer that uh, LPL Financial and FRS Financial do not endorse any of the guests that uh, show up on Money Matters. And even if I didn't have to say that, I got to tell you, Andrew, I wouldn't endorse these two anyway because they're Cardinal fans. <laughs> I'm sorry that we did that. That's all right. <laughs> Scraping the bottom, are you? Uh, yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, well, well, folks, we are talking this week about kids, about money, uh, about all kinds of different things. Before we jump into that, though, uh, Doug, you've got a you've got a podcast that you do on a on a daily basis, don't you? I do. Yeah, it's a live stream on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. We do it Monday through Friday. Awesome, awesome. So, folks, if you get the uh, the opportunity at any point in time, go check out the Cross to Crown uh, podcast. Uh, can they can they find the podcast just stored somewhere else? Anywhere as well? you listen to podcasts, you can find the Cross to Crown podcast as well. Awesome. And 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 Gabe, I hear you've got a little uh, little musical talent uh, in there. You've you've got an album or so out, right? Yes, sir. In uh, February, we released our first album called Looking Back at Tomorrow, which you can also find on wherever you listen to music. Awesome, awesome. So, not officially endorsed, but there you have it. <laughs> There's some of that stuff that's out there. Well, we're talking about uh, all those those wonderful things that go with raising kids, training them up how to uh, handle money well. And uh, Doug, today we're going to grill you, and then Gabe's going to tell us if uh, if what you're telling us really happened, or, uh, or or maybe there are some things he wished he listened to a little bit better uh, along the way. Uh, but but one of those first things that uh, that I kind of want to go into uh, right now is 
kids are going to learn about money in some way, shape, or form, right? I mean, you've got a, just just a couple of them, about half, half as many as half I've as got, you, but, yeah. but, but you've got a few kids, and if we don't teach them, somebody's going to, right? Absolutely, yep. You know, that's uh, that's that's one of those things, and and you know, we hear we hear oftentimes uh, from from folks like Dave Ramsey uh, that that more is caught than is taught, but that doesn't ever take us off the hook for for teaching kids about how to handle money properly, does it? No, I think that's uh, the the point of that statement is you can lecture, you can assign book reading or whatever, but the bottom line is your kids are going to watch what you do. So if your words don't match up with your actions, they're going to be persuaded far more by your actions than your words. So you got to live it out. That's that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. And when it comes to that and kind of starting that, obviously we know uh, there's so many different ranges right now. So, Doug, I mean, obviously as you're starting that off, you know, what does it look like, especially for someone like myself who doesn't have kids that are putting out albums or going <laughs> off to college or things like that that are very, very early, early on in that stage? Your, your youngins haven't done that yet? Come on. No. What, what are they doing, Andrew? I mean, they've, they've got a couple of spots on the radio, but that's about it. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, the question, I, I missed it. All I was there. about to say, you know, obviously it's you tailor the learning to whatever age they're at, but when do you really start with that kind of not just obviously what you're doing, but really, you know, teaching those lessons and starting to get those concepts, how early and how do you do that? Especially for the youngest, youngest. Yeah, we started way early. Uh, we, uh, in fact, Gabe was just, uh, just sharing. You want to, you want to share the story you were sharing on the way over here? Yeah. I, I think my first like financial memory was I was given like $20 when I was four or five. And that was like a million dollars to a four or five year old. And I remember putting it in my little Lightning Lightning McQueen wallet, walking to the dollar store ready to buy toys for a year and walk into the store, look at my wallet and the 20s gone and it had fallen out at some point throughout the day. And. And that, that stuck with me, not going to lie. <laughs> I don't remember if we gave him the 20. I'm sure we, you know, especially knowing his mother, I might have made him learn the hard lesson, but his mother has <laughs> compassion. <laughs> but we didn't, uh, we, we gave our kids money, but we didn't give them everything they wanted. And early on, uh, we made them spend that money on on some things. Now, of course, we gave them stuff, and they got presents from the in, uh, from the grandparents and so on, and we gave them presents. But the idea was uh, they needed we needed them to learn early the correlation between if you're going to buy things, whether it's for pleasure or for necessities, you've got to earn money. And uh, so we started off, uh, you know, with the uh, the three envelope system. Mm-hmm. I think this was a Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey thing uh, early on, and so even that twenty dollars. That would have been unusual if he would have gotten that 20 and we didn't break it up and say, okay, you're putting you know, some of this in give, some of this in, spend, in save, and then you can spend the rest kind of thing. So early on. Yeah, and, that's, and that's really, and, and I, tell, I tell adults, uh, I have talked to teens over the years, uh, even, even the, the young, young ones, because my, my kids, they all know there are three things and three things alone that can be done with money. And it is you can give it, you can save it, or you can spend it, and and believe it or not, I've actually had a time or two where there may have been a late teen or early twenty individual in a class that I've been teaching that said, "Well, you could do something like burn it," <laughs> and my response is, "Well, that's like spending it because you don't have that money available anymore, so that's kind of like spending it." And oh, by the way, there are all sorts of toxins and stuff in that. Don't burn, don't burn dollars. That's not a good idea. Um, all, all that fun stuff in there, but, but, but there are, and we're going to get into this as we, as we get into, uh, further segments, uh, going along, 
there are opportunities for us to teach our kids at a young age. There are opportunities for us to teach our kids as they get older and into those double digits and teen years. Mm -hmm. And and quite frankly, as a parent, there's not a time when we shouldn't be teaching our kids about anything. Is that right? Well, absolutely. And especially money. Money is so important in every aspect of life that if you wait till the kids are out of high school, heading to college or even after college uh, to start teaching these things, they've missed out on learning those responsibilities, learning those three uses you talked about, uh, learning just the real world aspect of money. The other thing, the other reason you want to start early is uh, how many people, and you know this better than I do because you you have to counsel people (laughs) all the time on what to do with their money. People are scared to death, it seems, with what to do with their money. It's it's like this thing out there that just terrifies them. If I do it wrong, I'm going to be in the poor house. If I do it right, I can get rich and all that, which there's some correlation maybe to truth there. But the bottom line is if you teach your kids all the way along, it's a tool. It's just an aspect of life. It is a tool to be used and use it like everything else. Use it wisely. Then when they start getting money as they get older, then they're not afraid of it. They're going to use it responsibly. Yeah, and that's uh, that's one of those things. You know, it's, it's oftentimes I, I do – relate money to to something like you know a hammer for example right because with a hammer we can both build a house and we can tear it down mm-hmm. and and really money as a tool is no different we can do uh, different things to help build up pieces of, of life with money as the tool we can also tear things down with, with the money whether that's uh, we we've made bad uh, purchases uh, we, we've made some bad investments or it even goes to that spot of we've done too much to chase the money. Mm-hmm. And, and as a result, we've, we've torn down other things that we ought to have been spending more time on. Yeah. And you bring up that concept of chasing that money as well too. And that's probably something going back to the initial statement of we can show a lot more by our actions that, uh, Really, it almost starts with making sure you have a healthy relationship with money and that kind of drive to be able to then pass that along to the next generations as well. So you really have to look internal before you can start looking external, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think of some parents uh, who I think they they shield their kids from all monetary discussions. I don't. Again, it's one of those taboo subjects, almost kind of like sex. You know, we don't, we're not going to talk about this at all. We don't want this being spoken in any way. It's like, no, you you need to have some of these financial conversations and bring people in. If I, I hate, I hate to plug a Cubs fan. Um, I really do. Uh, and, and Gabe, I think was too young to get in on this, but uh, we had a homeschool co-op and we invited you to come speak to these kids. And my daughters who are a few years older than Gabe, they remember that. And they remember some of those lessons about saving, mm-hmm. especially and giving, uh, spending people don't have too much of a problem with, but, <laughs> but the saving and giving, they they learned what you taught them and it stuck with them. And they were young. Kids are certainly capable of learning and remembering, retaining far more than sometimes we give them credit for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've I've definitely seen that as as mine have grown over the years. Um, so, so, uh, apparently sometimes in the good in the household, it gets to be, well, remember Rick must've said this yeah. in my house, it's Dave Ramsey said, there you go. <laughs> and, and, and I keep trying to remind them it's not just Dave who has said these things. It's the bald guy with the beard that lives in your house that also has said 
uh, some some of these things. We we get no credit, Andrew. Yeah, not the ball guy with the beard on the radio, but the well, I guess the other <laughs> well, ball the guy other with the beard guy. on the radio. Oh, wait, that's at you, home. Dad. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Gabe, I want to put you a, a little bit on the on the spot here because uh, believe it or not, I have followed. Uh, I've heard some of your stories uh, of growing up and doing various mm. things mm-hmm. uh, and earning money and spending money. What are a couple of the maybe the best lessons that that your your mom and dad have taught you over time that that have not only stuck with you through the years but are really some of those guiding things as you're as you're moving forward in life? Yeah, uh, I think there are two two things that I was taught um, that really stuck with me on the financial side. One of them was just the idea of don't spend other people's money. So mm-hmm. don't take out big student loans. Don't take out loans unless, I don't know, there, there are a few situations where I guess that's appropriate, but at the end of the day, you just got to work for what you need, um, and you need to earn the money. Uh, and then uh, the second one, I guess just the importance of um, looking to the future uh, for financial reasons, um, spending money, putting money away, because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we, we don't know the future, and a lot of things can happen that um, we're not prepared for, and just having the cushion of um, that financial stability is super important. Yeah, well, I can uh, I can tell you this piece about the near future, the the twenty twenty three future. The Cubs are not going to win the World Series <laughs> this year. I can tell you that part. Um, so I'm not I'm not putting money away for World Series tickets this year. Um, you know, and that's uh, those are some really really great, very key pieces because I was actually having a discussion with someone earlier today. Uh, and and they were talking about a, a young lady that they had seen who is you know doing all these videos on TikTok this and that, and her whole philosophy that she's throwing out there is you've got to live for today because mm-hmm. you don't ever have anything promised down the road. And, you know I can work forever. That's not exactly the case, is it, guys? <laughs> not at all. Um, because you know, and and I oftentimes tell folks you are going to face retirement someday, and it might be because. You've decided it was time, and it might be because somebody else decided right. it yeah. was time. We're not going to yeah. pay you anymore. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're not going to pay you. You you make too much. You are now retired. Excuse me, what? <laughs> I, I, I have a number of folks out there who, who have been in that boat. Well, folks, we are up against that first break in today's show. When we come back... We are going to start in on those three things that you can do with the dollar. We're going to talk about teaching our kids about being generous givers. So stick around. We will be right back. Does stock market volatility have you wondering which way is up? Do the talking heads and doomsayers have you wondering if this really is the end? If you want straight answers from an advisor who isn't just trying to sell you something, call FRS Financial Group at 719-500-8700 to schedule your complimentary appointment today. And remember to tune into Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group here on KRDO, Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday at noon. Products and services offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Well, thanks for sticking around through that break, folks. Rick Stevens here with you on Money Matters, presented by FRS Financial Group. In studio with Andrew Rogers, with Doug Gooden, with his son, Gabe. And and guys, we are talking in this segment about that idea of giving. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And and that idea, not just giving because somebody else said you should or because the tax man will let you take X dollars off and count that. But but ultimately, 
Doug, when we're giving things, it really starts with the heart, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, what have you, what do you have that you haven't been given, right? We Life. We, we didn't choose to be born, right? Everything is a gift and we need to have that mindset of how can I be generous? How can I bless others with what I've been given? Uh, we're talking money here, obviously, but there's other things. There's, I've got time and I've got yeah. skills that I can give. Gabe, Gabe does this all that. We were just talking on the way over here. Um, I'm sure this will play into some of our other conversation, but uh, at a, as a 16 year old, he saved up uh, almost $10,000 and bought a truck. He was going to buy a little Honda Accord, mm-hmm. and that was the wise move at the time. But our neighbor, we had a very generous neighbor who pulled me aside one day and said, how old is Gabe? We talked. He said, I think your boy needs a truck. I just happened <laughs> to have a truck, and he gave us a great deal on it. It was, a, it was a steal for the worth of that, but he blessed us with a very great deal on that. So obviously, as a 16-year-old boy, he'd much rather have a truck than a Honda Accord. <laughs> right, right. And, and Gabe has used that for work to make more money and all that, but he has used it to help people move, to transport stuff. And just that heart of, I've been given this truck, not, I mean, obviously he paid for it, but it right. was still cheaper than it would have been a uh, fair market. And he's using it to to give to others. That it all starts with the desire to uh, to be a blessing to others. Yeah, and the the one of the one of the funny things in there, and and Gabe, you got to learn this at a young age. Uh, my oldest has recently gotten to learn this because, as I told, he has my truck in Montana. But Andrew likes to remind me it's, it's his truck now. Uh-huh. Uh, but but he actually sent me a text the other day and said uh, with a, with a picture of him buying some uh, ratchet straps to say apparently I'm now the truck friend. So he's learning exactly oh, yeah. giving with the with the truck in there. Yeah, and when we're talking about kind of instilling that heart of giving, well, I'll probably start again because I have the youngest <laughs> of all the kids here at, you know, 10 months and three. So how do we really start, you know, from, hey, no, share with your little brother to making it more of that natural idea to give back and to be okay with giving something else, even if it is a toy that will then transition into something else? I think uh, at that age, it's celebrating Every time they do, okay, right? Every time they offer any generosity, whether it's to a sibling, which I don't know, that's kind of a different category, <laughs> <laughs> sharing within the family, but especially friends or even just given to you, whoever, uh, if you all make a big deal of that and celebrate that, uh, and then, you know, maybe don't come down too hard when they, uh, when they go and take it back away. That's uh, <laughs> sort of their, you got to train that in other ways, but if they, and, and you've got to share with them how you are giving to others. Okay. You know, there, there's this, there's this fear we have sometimes of, well, I don't want to boast about myself. Well, that's true. Yeah. If I walk in here and share with you guys all the giving I've done or whatever, that's boasting. But as a model for my kids to say, Hey, we are giving this and ask the question, why do you think we gave that to them? And they say, well, I don't know. Well, cause we want to be kind to them. We want to be generous with them. Then they start seeing some of that uh, in you. So uh, that gets back to the caught, taught versus right. thing, right? Right, very much so. And you know, it's and and it really is. It really is different at different ages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when my two oldest were really little, uh, when they were uh, probably ballpark in that five and two age range. Uh, one of the things that we did at uh, at Christmas one year was just go deliver cookies mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. folks who. Didn't get to be out. So the EMS folks, right, stopped by, delivered to fire stations, the folks, you know, the two people working at the police department that day kind of stuff. But it's, and it really is, it really is that opportunity to go, hey, here's some really fun things to be able to do and to do that celebration as as we're going along as to, hey, guys, this is why giving is good. Yeah. 
And when they receive something, you know, yeah. when, when someone else gives your kid something and you say, you know, how, how does that make you feel? You, you feel appreciated. You feel loved. You feel blessed, whatever. Well, that's, you can, you can, uh, provoke that same response in somebody else by being generous. It, it just, again, it comes to the model and the, the, the opportunities. Yeah. So, so Gabe, I'm going to, I'm going to again, put you on the spot uh, in here. Um, in your growing up years, what are some of those ways that you remember having caught mom and dad doing the giving and, and that has kind of kind of resonated over the years to go. And this is why I want to be generous in, in giving as well. Yeah, I think a lot of the examples that I remember uh, the best are probably just families within the church uh, that we were at. Uh, whenever somebody was going through something difficult um, or they had a relative pass away or something like really heavy, uh, just how quick mom would be like, well, let's start making them a meal or let's go just go over, be with them, um, give them some of our time and, and bless them that way. Stuff like that, I think, just really stuck with me on just, just, the, just the generosity that they would show to all the people in need. Yeah. And he has a, a mother. I mean, she's the, one of the most giving people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's not as natural for me <laughs> as it is for her. So thankfully, he got both. <laughs> uh, and and well, you know, it's it's the perfect family, right? Uh, the Dave Ramsey talking about you've got the 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 saver and the spender. You've got the free spirit and the nerd. Yeah. Because if <laughs> if you are both the same, one of you is unnecessary. Yeah. Well, that's true. And I gotta uh, just uh, do it on my son here a little bit. He learned that lesson. My my daughters, I think we sh- I shared this the last time I was on your show here. My daughters, um, I have to encourage them to spend money. Mm-hmm. I have to really push them to to spend money. I always have, but with that also, the giving can almost I think feel like spending at times. Yeah, like yeah. They, they've got the saving part down. Well, Gabe has always been the free spender, <laughs> but that also means he's been very very generous. In fact, at times when my wife and I said, "Should we let him do this?" I mean. A couple years ago or so, how much you spent? How much on a pair of tennis shoes for a friend? I think it was like 140 or something like that. That was a significant part of his uh, net worth. And we're thinking, <laughs> okay, as parents, what do we do here? Do we do we discourage this generosity because it doesn't seem like he should be spending that kind of money on a gift for a friend, or do we say, nope, that lesson is more important than the value of money at this point in his life? It, it was, but he's he's learned that from his from his mom especially. Yeah. And I, I have, I have a daughter who is in a very similar world. Uh, she is, she is very giving. She is all about, you know, gifts for this, that, and the other. And we, we've had to have that conversation before. Of there's, there's a time to give, and there's a time to save, and there's a time to spend. And sometimes, when you've given too much, you don't even have enough to mm-hmm. spend on the things you need to spend on. Yeah. Uh, so, so sometimes, yes, we do have to rein, uh, rein that in a little bit. So we've, we've kind of talked a bit here. I think we've been fairly focused on the, on the treasure side, right. Of those three things to be able to give the time, talent, and treasure. Let's talk a little bit about that, that time and talent. Cause often, oftentimes when we are giving of those pieces, that typically goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not uh, not easy to give of your time. Well, I guess it can be if you're helping to move somebody and you're supplying the truck. But but there are talents out there that when we are employing our talents, it's going to take the time to be given to that as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, again, this this is caught and taught. So my oldest daughter is engaged, and her fiance is very talented at rock climbing, that kind of thing. Well, he has taken Gabe kind of under his wing and passed on a lot of that. And Gabe has been 
pursuing that, which is also part of the spend save conversation, <laughs> right? Because yeah. it's not cheap to buy the equipment. Yeah. But this afternoon, uh, in fact, when we get done here, uh, there's a, a guy who's been coming to our home fellowship that uh, has never been climbing of really of any mountains. This is Colorado. How can you not go climbing some, right? <laughs> and Gabe says, all right, Wednesday, are you off? Let's go. And so he's going to spend, I don't know how many hours today, taking him on his first little uh, hike kind of thing. Well, that's going to take his time. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take his talent. And he's got songs to be written. He's got another album <laughs> you know, that we want to get out and all that. But he's like, no, this he needs to get out and experience this, uh, which is, again, that generosity of, of time and talent, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you, you look at you look at all the different things, right, the, that we do as parents in our own lives uh, that, that hopefully kids are catching uh, as well as being taught through there. For those parents that are out there that are maybe struggling to figure out what they can do to give, do you have any encouragement for them in that vein? Anything you're good at. Right, we've all got talents. We've all got all got skills. There is somebody that would benefit from that, and I think sometimes we talk ourselves out of it. We're we're such a professional slash expert culture, right? <laughs> go to the expert. Go to the go to the uh, the professional. Like no, uh, there's just a lot of things that you can uh, you can do for somebody else. It's not so much they're incapable of doing it for themselves, but we've all got other things going on. So I think anything you're good at, you can find somebody that would benefit from that. I don't. Know, do you think think of anything? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess on on the same line, just there are a lot of things that uh, a lot of people don't like to do, and it's again, it's not necessarily they're not skilled enough to do it or they don't have uh, the knowledge in that area. It's just it's not everybody's favorite job. So kind of taking the bullet there and being like, I'm gonna go bless this person. It's not a skill thing, but I can take my time. I can I can go get this done for them. Is, an, is another thing. Yeah, you don't you don't necessarily have to be the the expert at raking up pine needles right. to go rake up pine needles exactly. for somebody. But it can be a huge <laughs> blessing to them given their situation. Gabe comes home. He does landscaping, and in the <laughs> winter it's uh, it's snow shoveling. Mm-hmm. And I, a few weeks ago, he came home after being out. I forget seventeen hours doing his job snow shoveling. And next thing I know, he's out doing several neighbors' uh, driveways and didn't like knock on the door. He didn't go back to his 12-year-old, hey, can I have 10 bucks for that? He's just like, no, they didn't even know he did it. And I thought, wow, that's that's pretty generous. Yeah, and it really goes back to, you know, that kind of just heart of giving because it is, you know, it would be easy after a long day, 17 hours, to say, you know, I've done enough. I've put kind of, you know, checked that box. But then, you know, having that call and wanting to give to actually go out and do something that you mentioned, a lot of people aren't even recognizing as well. So that's one definite way of kind of showing that as well that, You know, there's other times, too, where I think, you know, again, as parents, we can also kind of provide that bad example of, you know, kind of coming home and tuning off. So what is there to do to really kind of ensure that uh, those kind of efforts as well, that we're showing the proper way, not just how we're talking about money, but how we're talking about time and investment? Because it's very easy at the end of the day to just come home, have dinner and kick your feet back up and watch TV all night. Well, you just said it. Uh, If that's what they see in you. You're never going to teach them into being generous. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I was uh, a quote-unquote professional pastor for <laughs> for many years, and uh, it was part of my job, if you will, but I, I sincerely loved what I was doing. And it didn't matter uh, 24-7 if people needed me. Mm-hmm. They called. I had I answered the phone. And my kids saw that, and I, I yeah. 
told them about it. They, they, you know, a private conversation I was going in the other room, but they knew what was going on there. And how many times did you see me get up and go to somebody's house at 10 o'clock at night when I'm thinking I'm, I should be going to bed now, <laughs> but I need to go and have this discussion. I need to help them. Right. Whatever. If they don't see that, if you, if you continue to say, yep, it's time to, uh, to just veg, you know, we, we convince ourselves we need to veg. Nobody needs to veg, at least not every day. Uh, but if they see you, uh, being selfish with your time, it doesn't matter how often you encourage them to be generous. They won't do it. You, you've got to get off the couch. You got to stay off the couch. You got to be generous with the time and they'll follow suit. They'll, they'll see this is what life is. This is how we do life. Yeah. And one of those, uh, one of those things that, that I have seen over the years in, in, you know, talking about not just doing it, um, in, in, in our own lives, but, but also helping the kids to, to figure out why giving is good is actually personalizing that that giving experience, whether it is the time, the talent, or, or the treasure, to do it with purpose and, and to do it not just with purpose but on purpose, and really going, you know, we're we're going to pick X neighbor, and what does it what does X neighbor really need? Let's go do that, guys. Mm-hmm. Let, let's go take care of something we know that they need, and and that's really a a wonderful piece and a wonderful way to kind of. Uh, embed that, if you will, in uh, in those kids I found. So, well, folks, we are up against that clock for the next break in today's show. When we come back, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite part, saving. <laughs> Stick around. We will be right back. Money affects each of us in different ways. Sometimes it's a source of stress and fear. Sometimes it's a source of comfort and security. Whatever your perspective, it's always good to get a second set of eyes on your finances to help serve as a guide. If you are looking for that guidance, call FRS Financial Group at 719-500-8700 to schedule your complimentary appointment. And remember to tune into Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group here on KRDO, Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday at noon. Products and services offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Well, thanks for sticking around with us through that break, everybody. Rick Stevens here on Money Matters, presented by FRS Financial Group. We are in the studio this week with Andrew Rogers, with Doug Gooden, with Gabe Gooden. We're talking about teaching our kids how to handle money. We're talking about those three things you can do with a dollar. Give it, save it, spend it. And we're in the middle of the save part. And I know how it goes with adults. Doug, how is it with kids when we're really trying to get them to save? <laughs> well, uh, the, the approach we took, because uh, I know the nature of kids. I was one once. Um, we didn't give them the option of saving. Uh, it was just built into their uh, their their mindset from day one. We got those three envelopes that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, right? And one of them said save, one said give, uh, the other one said spend. And whatever money they receive for birthdays, Christmas, uh, any any kind of gifts, we made sure that we had uh, ability to make change. Yep. And they would immediately go put a portion of that in give and a portion in save. And then the spend, we really did leave it up to them to spend it how they wanted to, but they just knew from day one, when I get money, some of it goes into a category we call save. And and I I appreciate that you have done that with your kids for wherever the dollars come from, because we did that with ours, right? Wherever those dollars come from, yes, we're going to figure out how to break that out. And 
Here is your here is your give. Here is your save. Here is your spend. Um, for for your kids when they were young, I'm going to steal your question here, Andrew, because okay. I know it's coming. <laughs> um, how is it different when they are in those younger years versus in those later years? Well, it's what I just said. So in the younger years, we have complete control, and uh, and we put their you know we have them go put the money in the save. Uh, I told you earlier, Gabe has been the easiest uh, to teach the spend part, <laughs> and the save. Um, I would say his generosity and his desire to spend. There, there has been some conflict in his own heart at times. He doesn't. He doesn't continue to practice saving money the way he did then. Mm-hmm. Having said that, we are investing in his future with, in the stock market, and I'm sure we'll talk about that some as well. Um, but also, I realize, as especially as a as a boy, uh, he now has a a vision for what he wants to save that money for. So I would say, even in the last six months. His habits, when they're little, it's just out of principle, right? We right. told you to save, right. you got to save. Yeah. But they start, they get to an age where they say, what am I saving for, Dad? Right. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about that. And Gabe now has a, a plan that he wants to do something. And now he realizes, okay, if I'm going to do that, I have to have a certain amount of capital to be able to do it. So suddenly he's gone from going to Taco Bell every day for <laughs> snacks, like, I'm a failure as a dad, to... I don't need Taco Bell today. That's like seven, eight, 10, 15 bucks or whatever that I can save toward this end. So that's one of the things is they have to own what you're really, the purpose you talked about, the intentionality. Yes. You have to understand why this matters. If it stays the principle of saving, then it's not really saving for for any purpose. Yeah. And how do you, you know, kind of start to incorporate that purpose, knowing that uh, some of these ideas that we're saving for are longer term goals and uh, especially the younger kids. And as they're really starting to grasp those concepts, can't really see past, you know, week, two weeks, maybe a month, but uh, trying to install the long term and kind of delaying that gratification a little bit. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's, Working with the short term first okay. when they're young and uh, finding something you know they want or they, you know, let's say it. Oh, I, I want that. Okay. You can have that. If you will save $20, then I'll let you spend that save on that because we're not saving just a perpetuity, right? We're not saying, at least that's not my principle to just save forever and ever and ever, but you're saving because you want to delay that gratification and not just blow it on your immediate needs or wants. So whenever they mentioned something they wanted to do, we'd say, all right, you start saving. Sometimes we'd say, we'll match it. If you save up 20, we'll give you 20. Now you've got the 40, but they have learning that, uh, that dynamic of if I'm willing to not spend on all this stuff now, I will have what I want to spend later. Yeah, and with the inverse of that, I know you mentioned Gabe was kind of the easier one to teach this concept. There's also that part of, you know, you start to install savings, and then all of a sudden, I'm just going to keep, 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 and finding that, and how do you kind of let that pressure valve out that it's okay to spend a little bit of it and that you're saving for a purpose and not just saving to save or saving to hoard? Uh, we're still learning some of that. <laughs> um and my kid, my daughters are 22 and 20, um, and they're free to, you know, they're they're in control of their money. So it's not, but there are times, I, I just said to my, uh, my middle daughter just the other day, look at your bank account. I held it up. Look at your bank account. You can afford that. She'd mentioned something fun she'd like to do. I was like, yeah. you can afford that. Why don't you go do that? She's like, oh, you're right. So uh, at least in our household, it's encouraging them. Money is a tool, like we said, to to pay for those important things. But it's also something to enjoy. Yeah. And so finding those things that you enjoy, whether it's a concert or a new t- new this or new that, 
go enjoy it and enjoy this part of life that we have that takes money to buy. So I think it's, for us at least, it's a constant uh, discussion about it's okay to not save every penny. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's one of those things I actually um, had just heard uh, in, a, in a conversation uh, the other day having a discussion with someone and they were talking about, you know, being able to go out and do things and, and, you know, knowing that they had the dollars available to be able to do X, Y, Z. But, you know, the discussion on the, with the spouse was, yeah, but do we really have to spend it? Cause if we spend it, we don't have it. And the response was, it's only money. I can make more. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And, and I think that's something we oftentimes forget is, it's only money. It's okay. We can save this for for later. We can we can rebuild out of that because in theory we are saving it for a reason, right? right? Because just like you had said earlier, when we when we save for the principle of saving, we lose sight of what that tool is supposed to be used for, and we've got this nice toolbox full of all these shiny tools that have never been used. Right. I think it comes back to what we keep saying: the the setting the example. I know for our kids, you know, we denied them and ourselves a whole lot of the frivolous, the, the Taco Bell. The, we we mm. didn't eat out a lot. We still don't. We're going to do the food in-house. It's cheaper and it's better quality food and all that. But then we would take, well, like we did a uh, an East Coast uh, revolutionary tour trip for like six weeks. You know, Boston, D.C., mm-hmm. New York, all those places. And we were spending money like crazy. Mm-hmm. And at first our kids like, whoa, we, we have money for all this? Yes, because we don't, right. don't go to the restaurant every day. But this is worth it. And the kids now will look back on those times and say, wow, that was a great trip. And, and so we showed them it's worth spending money on some things, not to the detriment of long term and not right. this, but But let, let's everything's a trade-off. Right. That's one of the things I've instilled in my kids. Everything, whether it's time or money, is a trade-off. What you spend here, you can't spend there. So let's spend on things that matter. So, so now you, you brought up the East Coast trip and the and the and the history side of it. And I heard Boston, New York, D.C. I, I'm going to guess Philadelphia may have been. We didn't in, uh, make Philadelphia. No. It's not because of baseball or anything. Well, I, I was just trying to throw that out there as part of America's history. I the know. Past time. It doesn't I always know. have to come down to baseball, right? It doesn't? <laughs> no. <sighs> okay. Well, speaking of baseball, <laughs> on, on that saving side – so there, there's that idea that saving, right, is for a particular item, typically for a short amount of time. But in that long-term period, we're really looking at the investing mm-hmm. side of things. What are some of the things that you guys have done to sort of differentiate that for the kids and kind of instill in them? And this is why the investing side is also important, not just the saving. Well, we have had the conversations that you brought up earlier. Uh, there's going to come a time when people are not going to pay you to work just because of age, if nothing else, right? Uh, and in our culture, in our society, you have to have saved a uh, something to live on when you when you get to that age. So uh, we talked about compounding even when they were very mm-hmm. young and took mon- Monopoly money and showed them kind of how that works. And then actually over the COVID lockdowns, I found a video series. I can't remember now exactly what, what it was, but there's a video series that somebody broke down how corporations work, how compounding works. He was a very Warren Buffett style investor. And uh, we sat there in our evenings over dinner, night after night after night. And I made my children watch these videos <laughs> and it was great. And they learned, you know, 
we were locked 24-7 in a home together, so we, we used that time well. And and so we talked about long-term. How many times did you hear me say, Gabe, uh, you know, how, you know, Krista, my wife has spent something. You know how much money, how much that would be worth in 30 years compounded, <laughs> right? And uh, they got tired, everyone got tired of hearing that. But the idea was instilled in them, yes, this is it's, it's like magic. If you keep contributing to uh, these investments over time, this is worth a lot. So there's great resources out there for that. Um, and of course, we started doing this in 2020 after the crash. Mm-hmm. So for 2020 and a lot of 2021, they're like, woohoo, my son has quite a bit invested in some stocks and some some other things my daughters have in, in funds and so on. And, uh, and then 2022 hit, <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute, dad. <laughs> my balance says uh, different than you used to. But uh, again, it's by just teaching them and showing them uh, in 30 years, for showing those, those some of those uh, graphs, some of those uh, charts like that you've sent my way. If you keep doing this, Mm. Two, three hundred, four hundred bucks a month over the next 40, 50 years of your life, you're going to be living, loving life at that point. Yeah. And, you know, you brought it up earlier, uh, Rick, that you saw some kind of video or something on social media. And, you know, that's becoming more and more of a big part of mm. all of this. So, I mean, knowing that uh, we're not there 24 7 as much as we'd like to be. And there is, you know, this kind of pocket instructor now and everyone on the internet's an expert and everyone (laughs) can get on a camera and say something. How do you, you know, kind of balance that between letting your kids learn those lessons, maybe the hard way, but also how to vet that information, knowing that uh, we're seeing such a rise in, in this, you know, kind of social media influence when it comes to money. Yeah. Uh, well, like everything else, uh, we have uh, told them don't trust things you find on the internet. <laughs> uh, and and they they trusted this video series because it was me leading them through it. And I'll, I, I, I'm free to say whatever I want to on this show, aren't I? <laughs> um, I have told them I have great reservations, frankly, about a lot of uh, people who do what you do, Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so lo- do I. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people who make a lot of money uh. s- Shifting your money from uh, fund to fund, mm-hmm. whether or not your portfolio goes up or not. And so they trust me. And therefore, when I say I trust Mr. Stevens, they trust you. Uh, so like everything else, we have told them, do not just go with whether it's politicians, celebrities, professors, teachers, pastors, whatever. There's a lot of shysters out there in every element. You need to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you need to find people that show what they're doing. You know, the guy who's an investment advisor who lives in a shack or who has piled up tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Okay, he's like the plumber whose plumbing leaks at home. Right? Okay, right. go find somebody that lives out what they say they believe. So uh, I, I think you got to model that too and say, be discerning. Uh, and, and we did, by the way, in this video series, I said, now, I don't think that's true. What he just told you there, that's not the philosophy mm-hmm. that I have found successful but the rest of this is good. So so what you're telling me is you're teaching the kids to be good Gen Xers, right? <laughs> Trust no one. Figure it out. If it doesn't sound right, go research it. Trust and, but and, verify kind yes. of thing, right? <laughs> exactly. And even though he's a Cub fan, you can still <laughs> trust him on this, just not on baseball. Uh, I understand baseball. I just root for uh, the wrong team in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, so one of those last quick, uh, quick little pieces here. Um, you know, we we talk about all kinds of different tips and tricks and this and that. One of the really cool things that I have seen, uh, not just with my kids, but believe it or not, that oddly enough, our government has done is they made a change with the five twenty nine. 
plans. So it used to be the 529 was only for college savings. And if you took it out and didn't spend it on this whole big long list of qualified education expenses, you got taxed on it. Now what they're doing is they're allowing the beneficiary, right, typically the, the child, to convert any unused 529 dollars to Roth IRA really? dollars. They, wow. they uh, just put that out with the Secure Act 2.0 that came out at the end of December. And again, another reason why, hey, we're, we're putting this away for a specific purpose, school. But at the end, if we were smart with it and we didn't spend it all, we have other uses. And, and, and that's going to come in handy. Well, folks, we are up against that final break in today's show. When we come back... We're talking about Gabe's favorite part. We're talking spending. So stick around. We will be right back. Are you worried about what's been going on in the markets and how it has affected your portfolio? Maybe you need a financial checkup. If you have questions about the health of your financial future, call FRS Financial Group at 719-500-8700 to schedule your complimentary checkup. And remember to tune into Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group here on KRDO, Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday at noon. Products and services offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Well, folks, thanks for sticking around with us through that break. We are here on Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group in studio with Andrew Rogers, with Doug Gooden, with Gabe Gooden. We're talking about teaching our kids the three things you can do with money, the give it, the save it, and now we're on to spend. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't know how it happens in, in your houses, gentlemen, but in my house, spend is usually the easiest one to do. Whether that's us or the kids, there's a lot of uh, caught spending that'll, yeah. that'll happen. Yeah, very <laughs> easy, especially for my end, and especially, you know, that they're really not getting the whole concepts, but if I say, hey, you know... This is Daddy's house. Where's the rent? <laughs> slap you in the hand and say, "Here's your money," and walk away. So, starting to lightly get that in okay. there. Okay, very nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, so, so what she's learning is she can slap you and still live at home. Is that, is that what it, I'm it's hearing? It's on the it's on the palm. Okay, so like a five. Okay, yeah, yeah. Kind of give me a five, you know. Uh, but you know, and that's I think I think that's one of the things that might be the hardest really to kind of corral in, right? Because we live in such a culture that is focused on bigger, newer, Mm -hmm. shinier sort of stuff. It's hard to, even on that spin side, instill that concept of delayed gratification, right? It is. And again, it has to be modeled. Uh, It has to be modeled. We don't give, we never did give them everything they wanted. We even put the kibosh on the very um, generous grandparents who wanted to give them 40 Christmas gifts and uh, and everything else they heard that they said they wanted and said, nope, not going to happen. We got to a point where, okay, if you get this toy, you have to give away one of those mm-hmm. toys. You're not going to just accumulate those kind of things. That's what I'm told about shirts. If, if I get a new shirt, I've got to give two away out of well, the That's closet. what we should do with your hoodies. Uh, <laughs> He's got like 40 hey, hoodies. You can never have too many hoodies. Yeah. I'm saying <laughs> But yeah, you've got to you've got to model that for them and instill that in them uh, that you don't get everything you want. And they're early on, you know, there has to be okay. If, if we buy this for you, 
then we're not buying that. Or if you spend your money on this, you're not spending it on that. Yeah. And with that modeling, we know that it's, you know, kind of a generational thing. And I'll start off with this, you know, because I have this experience as well. You know, I didn't have that greatest example when I was growing up as far as how my parents handled money. So how do you correct some of those things that, you know, were instilled at you that you're trying to not pass along, maybe even incidentally, knowing that the grandparents are still kind of lingering around there. Yeah, well, it's interesting for us, it sort of came about naturally. I came from a very, very poor home. I grew up in a house that was about 800 square feet. And uh, no kidding, my uh, I helped my dad take siding off of a guy's house and put it on ours. Now, we were... He gave it to us, That's so we didn't right, just yeah, go right. steal it. <laughs> but, uh, Not siding rustlers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we didn't have anything. So for me, uh, when, when I started making some money and realized, oh, I can actually buy some things, uh, that was just, the, the, this was the greatest day of ever. Now, my wife came from a different, different side of things. And uh, so together we had to kind of work through that. So, I, again, I think it comes back to just modeling it and refusing to – first of all, you can't buy everything. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we went out and spent – and bought everything we wanted. You know, if my, my, every time I got home, my wife had uh, Amazon.com everything and my kids see, oh, you just get on the internet and you can buy whatever you want, then there's no way we're going to instill in them any sense of, of a restraint on that. So you've got to model them. And I think as early as you can to require them to buy things they want. And we always provided the necessities. But from early on, we we did not just buy them what they wanted. You put money in your spend envelope, mm-hmm. and then you spend that money. And when that envelope's empty, you don't get anything else until you put more in that envelope. Yeah, and that's actually one of the one of the things that that we have done that's very similar. Is as our kids have gotten older and the cost of things goes up. Um, it's okay. We're we're at the spot where right now mom and dad will take care of seventy five percent of the cost, but you're responsible for twenty five, and then it moves to the fifty fifty, and then that seventy five twenty five flips, and and ultimately it's okay. You're in charge of of the the cost of this, and I have seen in my kids as they've started taking on all of that responsibility, not just at the twenty five, but Really, when they got to, they had to spend at least half of of whatever it was. They have started thinking through, do I really need this? And and they're they're learning that difference between the need and the want at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually, you you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, the goal is to get them out, uh, or you put it in the notes here, get get them out of the house and never come back. Um, (laughs) Except to visit. Except except bring the grandkids. Bring grandkids. (laughs) And we actually took the approach it's not so much about getting them out of the house as making them independent of us as soon right. as possible. Gabe, you've been paying for your own, even toiletries for how long? A couple of years, a few years maybe. So we got our kids jobs. We, 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 child forced labor. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we helped them. And, and that was a cost to my wife and I, mm-hmm. right? So Gabe started working this landscape company before he had a driver's license. Yeah. So who's taking him <laughs> to the yes. place where he launches yes. from at midnight when he's got to go out and start shoveling? Dad did, uh-huh. right? Who took him to work every morning? Mom did. So that costs us. But the return on investment there is, as soon as he's old enough, he gets his license, he saves up money and buys a truck. By the time he's 17, a little over, he's independent of us of needing to take him places. Right. And he's got a job. So now even things like uh, toothpaste. If he, we'll buy this toothpaste. 
if you want that toothpaste, <laughs> you're on your own, buddy. You know, we will provide these basic necessities of life like we would uh, any guest, right? right? If you came to live in our house, we would provide you certain things. Like but a St. Louis Cardinal. Exactly. Stuff, right? Exactly. Yes. But if you want cub stuff, you are definitely <laughs> buying that on your own, right? And so all of our kids have been, have learned life is expensive. And they, they already are buying so much of that. So they are independent. We just had this conversation the other day. Uh, all three of my kids have proven to me they can exist in the world on their own. Yeah. So no longer are we in a rush to say, you know, the typical millennial jab, you know, living right. in dad's basement. Right. Well, I'm, I will let Gabe stay in our basement as long as he wants to because he's proven he can live without us. Now it just makes good financial sense for him right. to build that nest egg when he, he wants to get married, you know, in the not too distant future. And now he's got something to, to, to launch with. Right. Right. As opposed to if he or any of the other kids showed us, uh, they're dependent on mom and dad, they can't make it in the world. We'd be saying, all right, we're going to force you out of the nest. So you learn, you got to fly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that, that's one of those things that, that I have seen one of those, uh, opportunities I had with, uh, with my oldest moving, uh, moving to Montana and, you know, great job. He, he's at a spot that, Actually, he lives on site, so he's got no utility bills. Um, because he lives on site, it's not like he's driving to work. So basically, all he's paying for is his cell phone and the insurance on my truck. Andy. <laughs> my truck. It will always be my truck. Hey, possessions nine tenths of the law last time I checked. Uh, his name's also on the title by himself, but that's a totally different it's his thing. His truck. Yeah, I mean, I think legally that is one hundred percent not your truck. Uh, but but we had that discussion, and I said, "Do you want the financial advisor discussion, or do you want the dad discussion?" Because they're both the same. I just want to know which one of those two of me you're going to listen to. And that's exactly what we talked about was you're, you're getting paid well. You're not going to have a lot of expenses. You've got the opportunity to put a lot of this away. A, fully fund your retirement accounts. B, you need to be looking at, okay, it's dad's truck, but it's got 170,000 miles on it. So it'll probably last another 10 years. And in 10 years, you want to buy something else, start putting that away. Hey, you you don't have any housing costs right now. Start putting that away so that you can build over the next several years that down payment for something you might want to get. And and that's that's really the the best thing we can do, right? And teaching them how to spend is maybe not telling them what to spend on, but really it's about giving them guidelines, right? And and sort of helping them move through there. Gabe, what are some of those guidelines? Because I know mom and dad have given you those over the years. Aside from Taco Bell questions, uh, what are some of those guidelines that that are still sticking with you these days? I think I think one of the main ones that uh, that I remember from super young, kind of going back to the the dollar store example. Uh, one of the lessons that we learned was you guys didn't just tell us don't buy that because it's really cheap quality and it's going to break in an hour. You would let us use our money on it and then come to our own, our own conclusion because we were arrogant. I was arrogant when I was younger. A lot of kids are arrogant. We know we know better. And being <laughs> told is not always enough to uh, sway us from buying what our heart is set on. Uh, so saving up for quality and knowing that if I save up for another month, I can buy something that will last me a year rather than spending today and breaking today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's and that's one of those things that that oftentimes I'm talking with folks about is you know I I don't mind watching my kid whether that's you know they're they're seven eight nine ten or even into the teenage years make a bad decision with 
$10 or $20 or even $50 right. because the goal is they've made the bad decision, they've learned from it, and in the future they're not going to make that bad decision with 10000 or 20000 or $50,000 that, that, that we've already made that mistake, we've learned from it, we're not going to do uh, anything uh, way too wild and crazy. So we learned that lesson uh, after his album came out. I think he said in February, but it was February of 2022, so it's been out a year. And he starts getting hit up on, I think it's Instagram, yeah. with these promoters, ah. right? They're going to get your album in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And I forget, how much did uh, did you pay the one guy? It wasn't a lot. It was like, <laughs> I think it was like 50 bucks. So he's like, Dad, I'm going to do this. And I thought, that's a, that, that I know, I, getting back to the mm-hmm. internet, right? I, I know what's behind, there, there's no way. Yeah. And I think I just cautioned him, but he's like, no, no, I checked it out. It's good. All right. All right. So what happened? Yeah, it was a scam. <laughs> I learned my lesson that day. That was a $50 tuition mm-hmm. payment. Yes, yes. Right? And the dividend <laughs> that the education he got for that schooling is going to last a lifetime. Yes, it'll save me more money in the future. Exactly. Uh, awesome. Well, as we uh, start to kind of wrap up the uh, the show today, uh, Doug, are there any final words of wisdom for, for folks out there who might be thinking about, wondering about, okay, I've heard all of this. It sounds like a good idea. What next? You know, I, I've done uh, just a lot of coaching, counseling, advising in my life on, and parenting. Uh, it's sort of wrapped up in my calling. And I think what it all comes back down to, the, the information is out there. They can contact you if they're in town here. I recommend that they do and, and learn the financial principles. But the thing that most parents lack is not so much the resources to get the information, it's just doing it. You have to make time. You know, parenting requires sacrifices of your time. Uh, where our kids are getting close to the age, and, and you've some yep. of yours are there, but you got younger kids than I do too. And you're, you know, sorry, Andrew, you're on the on the other end of things. <laughs> yeah, you've got a while. I'm but, still on the front nine. <laughs> but, exactly. But we see the uh, the light in the, at the end of the tunnel. And I don't think it's an oncoming train. Um, <laughs> they're going to be out of the house, and we're looking forward to that. You know, my wife and I are going to love that. But in the meantime, we've had to set aside a lot of our desires and preferences for the sake of our kids. That's why why we had them. You've got to make time. And be intentional. And I'll, I'll just conclude with this. I think we, I don't know if we don't think kids can really comprehend this kind of stuff as early as they can or what, but they are capable. And I look at all three of our kids and I'm so proud of them. They are handling money very well, way better than I did as a kid. And uh, so it will, it will work if you'll take the time and devote yourself uh, to it. Awesome. Well, folks, that uh, that really is the the ultimate piece in there. As parents, teaching our kids uh, is is really that intentionality piece. Um, I am a, a, a firm believer that things are are done on purpose, right? And and for those of you that have ever gone through the book of Proverbs, right? Proverbs twenty two six: Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. And twenty two seven comes right after twenty two six. And it talks about the borrower being servant to the lender. So that first piece that comes up after the whole, hey, train up your kids, is talking about money. So, so folks, we have got to make sure that we are, in fact, talking with our kids about money. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week on Money Matters. Tune in again next week when we will continue talking about your money because your money matters. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.